This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Mark Hunter. He is the author of High Profit Prospecting, Powerful Strategies to Find the Best Leads and Drive Breakthrough Sales Results. Great to have you with us, Mark. Thank you for having me on today. This is your second book, we should say. Yes. Right? The yes. first book was called High Profit Selling. Right. So immediately, I just said to you before we started, what's the difference then between selling and prospecting? Well, it was interesting. When I wrote the first book, High Profit Selling, right. it was about really how to sell. And what I found was that people were having to discount to close deals. So I said, wait a minute. Let's right. come all the way up to the top of the sales funnel, and let's look at prospecting. And my whole perspective is, if you start with the right prospects, you'll be able to close your deals at full price. An example I use is you can't take a Walmart shopper and make them a Nordstrom consumer. It just doesn't work. It just okay. doesn't work. Start with the right prospect, and it's amazing how you can close more sales. So, you know, that said, let's let's dive in, Mark. There are lots of sales books on the market. So in your own opinion, how is yours different? Well, mine breaks it down a little bit different because it really just focuses in on what I call the top of the sales pipeline, the, the prospecting piece. And it's funny. And, and there's a there's a, a theory in there. Not, not, not a theory. I, I, I share this because I firmly believe in it. I want to disqualify you quickly as a prospect. Whoa. What did I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is we've got to back up. You first start off as a lead. And I've got to qualify you. My whole objective is to disqualify you quickly because when I can disqualify you, that means I have fewer prospects. Right. And somebody's sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, that doesn't work because, no, it works because now I have more time to spend with fewer prospects. To focus on the qualified so I ones. I right. create more value. Would you, hey, have... you should be in sales. <laughs> well, not so fast, but do you think that's a big mistake people are making? They're spending too much time on, or they're not spending enough time disqualifying. Yes. And, then, and what is the mechanism to know if someone is disqualified? I mean, is it a black and white issue, Mark? No, it's not a black and white because we're all humans. We all have different trigger points. We all have different things. It's about having a conversation. Okay. And what I have to do is I have to be able to ask you questions that are going to get you sharing. But here's the problem. I can ask you questions and you're going to like, oh, wait a minute, hold it. I don't want to talk to this guy. You see, two things are required. The element of confidence and trust. Yeah. And if you think about it, you're not going to be confident with me until you trust me. See, so the first element in sales is creating that level of trust and confidence. Okay. Uh, you bring up a good point because I wanted to get into you know, the world we live in. We live in a technologically moving, fast-paced <laughs> world. Social media changing. You know, every, every moment things are going so fast. So, how does how is prospecting 
um, you know, affected by the social media world we live in. Prospecting today isn't what prospecting was even five years ago, I'd imagine. Oh, it's not even what it was a year ago. Maybe even 20 minutes yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> right. this, this thing called the internet is going to stick around. I, yes. I think it's kind yes, of a big it's thing. catching on, yeah. yes. Social media is huge. Now, right. here's one of the challenges. People say, well, gee, nobody answers the telephone. Nobody responds to people. So I got to only prospect by way of social media. Right. I don't, I don't believe that. Social media creates your awareness platform. Social media creates a level of foundation as to who you are. People can Google me and I'll come up on social media. I'll right. come up with different things. And, people, and so what it's doing is that's creating that level of trust and confidence. So it doesn't mean that I can't pick up the phone and call you. I'm still going to call you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to call you and I know you're probably not going to take my call until you look at me on social media. That's fine. That's right, great. Right. The two complement each other. Okay. A lot of people firmly believe, no, no, you just put enough stuff out on social media, enough cat videos and, and all. No, that's not. No, no. Create credibility. Okay. So when you talk about this idea of reaching out, you've mentioned uh, the telephone a couple of times. Uh, some people think the telephone's obsolete. What's a telephone? I mean, <laughs> people are still, when you talk about prospecting and reaching out, trying to connect, people are actually still calling. I mean, I, I would think it's just email, text, IM, DM, all the. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. So you, talk about this idea yes. of telephone and you know, this idea of voicemail. People check their voicemails. Do you leave wow. a message? What's your suggestion? Well, he, here's the thing. This little device that we call this smartphone, yeah. it does work as a telephone. I, <laughs> right. Funnily enough, a lot of people don't realize it. I know, I know. I'm going to call you. Now, the chances of you answering, I get it, are going to be very, very slim. That's fine. But you know what I found? The conversations I do have are going to be meaningful because more information is going to be exchanged in a one-minute phone call then may be exchanged in 20 emails. You, you know, you think about level of information. Sure. So I, it's in my interest to try to reach out to you. Now, you're not answering the phone. I get it. Yeah. Am I going to leave you a voicemail? Yes, but here, I, I'm sure you have. I, I know I have. Have you ever listened to a really bad voicemail? A few. Yeah, just a few. Have you ever given? No, no, you, no, you've never, you've never left a bad voicemail. No. Well, uh, we all, define that. yeah, define <laughs> that. You know those that go on for like a minute or two. Right, right. The whole thing with prospecting in terms of using voicemail is a very short, tight, and I say in the book, twelve to sixteen second voicemail, hmm. short, tight. Now here's the whole thing. Couple things. A so many voicemails are now getting transposed into a text message. Oh, that's true. So you think about this. Right. My whole ability is I want to deliver you a message in one swipe. One swipe. So, oh, wait a minute. This guy has been calling me, but it's short, it's tight, and the message is not about me. It's about you. Every prospecting message, regardless of the format, has to be, has to be built around creating value and interest and need for you. Okay. Otherwise, why am I doing it? So in terms of what you promote, though, Mark, is it this, this process of prospecting? Where does it begin? Does it begin with a phone call followed up by the digital messaging via social media or vice versa? It may, is there one recipe or no? No, there's no one uniform piece. And this okay. is what I really get upset when people read my book and they want to just put every... No, every person has a different set of customers different marketplace, different items. Everything's different. So you have to craft a solution and a strategy that works for you and one that you are comfortable with. So it depends on your product. Depends on your, no, not just your product, okay. your personality. Okay. That too. <laughs> because, well, here's the whole thing. If you're not comfortable, 
you and I are having a conversation. It's a great conversation. We're very comfortable conversing. Mm-hmm. If you and I were having a conversation and we weren't comfortable with each other, it'd be a completely different type of conversation, see? So I got to create a strategy that is comfortable for me. And the way I do that is by being focused on why I want to help you. It's really not what I sell. Hmm. It's the outcome I want to help you achieve. C-Suite Radio. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But a lot of people always say, you know, oh, you're so, you're so nice and affable and friendly, warm, you should go into sales. And, and I've heard people say, yes, but in today's day and age, which is what we've been talking about, you know, it, human interaction is becoming less and less. People aren't giving you that chance to hear your voice, to, to feel the warmth you generate, uh, the comfort, the level of comfort you generate. So how do you, you know, dispel that? I mean, cause how do you, a lot of people are going to say, I won't even get to that point of having that human interaction in the digital world we live in. Right. For so how of, do you guarantee sure. it? For a lot of transactional sales mm-hmm. that never happens. But now think about this. Would you rather speak to a bot or would you rather speak to a human being if it's a valuable transaction sure, that you're thinking of making? Yeah. You want to speak to a human. What I want to try to do, and, and this is where you know people say, well, gee, in the world of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. this, the role of sales is going to go away. No, it's not. No, it's not. The salesperson will always be a valuable asset as long as they're bringing insights and questions to you, the customer, that you had not thought of. Does the cold call still exist? I I get a little bit disturbed on this because you can say cold call. Cold calling still works in some businesses, in some industries. It doesn't work in a lot. I totally get it. Totally get it. But if you're in a B2B, business to business, and you might be in a, well, let's use the transportation business. There's many people um, who are calling people every day. If you got freight to move, we can move your freight. In the temporary labor industry. I've got temporary staffing. So in, in those types of industries, a lot of industries, cold calling still very much works. And again, it's not just, I'm going to keep calling you, keep calling. It might be a call today. It might be a call a couple of weeks from now. It might be a call a couple, couple of weeks later. Interspersed with other types of messages. In other words, it comes down to you have to develop a strategy that fits for how the customer wants to do business with you. So you mentioned this idea of persistence, whether it's a couple weeks and a week later. How do you balance that with not getting into the realm of bugging someone? And well, I, mean, yeah. I hate to use the word, but annoying them. Oh, it's them again. That's, oh, no, yeah. I want to avoid that ignore, call. Ignore, you know. Yeah. How, do you, how do you deal with that? Again, this comes back to what is the frequency with which the customer buys. If what you're selling 
is a business, is a service or a product that the customer may, may buy almost on a daily basis, then right. I can reach them. Right. But maybe it's more of a capital expenditure. Maybe it's a, a large value sale that has to get budgeted. Then my calling is going to be much more infrequent. It might be every couple of weeks and interspersed with other types of communication. So again, it's matching it up to who I'm selling to and why they may want to do business with Okay, you. so it's not one size fits all. It's not it's one case, size. That's why I say cold calling. Right. It's like saying the air we breathe. Mm, that's a pretty universal term. Right. So, uh, Mark, tell everybody just a little bit about your background and, and, and why you, you felt the need to write about, about your expertise. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine you learn you know, through your mistakes along the way, and that's some of, the, some of the material that's incorporated. Oh, I learned through my mistakes. In fact, I did not want to go into sales. I did not go to college to be a salesperson. I wanted to go into advertising. Well, you told me before, you were a radio DJ, right? I was a radio DJ <laughs> right? when I was in college. That, yeah. that helped pay I, for college. I can yeah. see it. And people say you sound like Alan Alda. <laughs> and Someone you know just said that. I, I know. I, right. I, 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 get, I, get, I, I don't get his money. Hmm. Well, uh, well anyway, <laughs> that's a separate story. Right. I wanted to go into advertising. I wound up in sales only because of the Seattle Police Department. No kidding. Uh, the Seattle Police Department uh, met me four different times for four different speeding tickets. Really? And I couldn't afford car insurance. I wound up having to get a job that supplied me with a car. That's how I wound up in sales. I stumbled. That's I made funny. every mistake possible. So my journey in sales, it's been 30-some years in, in sales, but that's what's allowed me to, I think, have the expertise to be able to write the book because right. I wasn't a born salesperson. You know, people, oh, well, you were born, you got the last name Hunter. Oh, you were born. No, no, I, that was the last thing I wanted. <laughs> Hunter, right. Last thing. No, it, it's a journey. And through my work now of working with companies, I speak all over the world. I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of companies over the last 20 years since I've really been doing this. That's given me the insight uh, of that really that upfront perspective of meeting with thousands of salespeople. So I'm curious, once you got that car through your first sales yes. job, what were you selling? What, what was the evolution of, of your sales career? Oh, full confession time. Please. Sides of beef. Ah. Sides of beef. But the Buick was really good. Right. Yeah. It was good. And That's you know what's funny? Right. I got fired from that job a year later. Okay. Because? Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. And I got another job in sales. Even after you got fired? Even after I got fired, because I needed a car. Remember, I couldn't afford right. car insurance. Well, it's interesting because then you know you have to sell your way into another job. Yeah, so I How was able to that? sell my way into another Buick. Right, okay. I got fired from that job too. What were you selling in that job? I was selling cake mixes and flour, working for Pillsbury Company. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, so far the sales thing, you're not convinced <laughs> of it. The sales thing isn't working out, but at what point did it click? What, what, when did you what kind of clicked, turn that corner? What clicked was my third job when my boss told me, he said, Mark, you are not connecting with your customers. Okay. You are not connecting because you're not listing. You're not emotionally investing in your customers. Boom. That was the light, that was the light bulb moment that changed my career dramatically. So do you think that's the biggest mistake people are making when it comes to sales and prospecting? It's yes. that lack of connection. They're not listening. Yes, they're not listening because they want to go through with this, this process. Boom. If I do one, two, three, I get to four. No. Right. Let your personality come through. When you let your personality come through and you connect with people, it's amazing how much more comfortable you are. It's amazing how much better you listen. And it's amazing because then what happens is now you can have the passion. And I'm passionate about sales. Passion about helping 
people. That said, I would think that you'd have to believe in the product you're selling. Believe in the outcome that you sell. I firmly believe in the outcome that you sell. My definition of a great salesperson is also the same definition of a leader. I want to help others see and achieve what they did not think was possible. Wow. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, it's interesting. You know, and I like the prospecting sales connectivity, uh, which is unique. And will there, will there be book number three? I'm meeting with my publisher today. There will be book number Terrific. three. Well, keep us posted. We you hope you'll be back. Great selling. Thanks for being here. And if you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website, csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.